Hello you and welcome to our podcast How Nigeria Works But doesn't I haven't heard that in a long time and I actually have missed it Yeah we're, we're Nigerians so our podcast also doesn't work <laughs> Where have you been? I've been stuck in Apapa traffic. <laughs> for the last yeah. But it's, it's great to be back in the time that um, we've been away from the podcast so much has not worked in Nigeria. Um, we had the terrible, terrible fire incident yes. in Lagos. Um, we, we continue to have um, clashes between terrorists and nigerian farmers it's okay to call them terrorists yeah i i, I term i don't even term it clashes i i term it the mass murder of nigerians by terrorist militias mm. working on behalf of cattle owners yeah that's a conversation we're also going to have on this podcast um um hopefully by the next episode yes and um, in the time that we've been away from this podcast as well we went ahead and uh Floated a new airline. National carrier. Congratulations. Yes. Yeah, I feel like we should put like a... I'm going to put a sound effect here for applause. Because, I mean, we deserve some applause. Come on, colleagues. When, when I think of a national carrier, like, um, I, I think of Nigeria Airways. And then the sound that comes to my mind is not applause. The sound that comes to my mind is like the roaring anger of stranded passengers. <laughs> Don't forget the people who were laid off and are still being owed. Waiting for their pensions. That's right. Yeah. All right. So um, because of that, we said to ourselves, hey, you know what we're going to do? We will um, come back with this episode. Why Nigeria's national carriers don't work. So um, we have been trying our hands at national carriers since what? 1971 since 1971 in fact um the last national career we had was liquidated in um 2004 by the then president olushe Sanjo in september i think it was because that had obviously been run under more or less and um it, it ran it ran for more or less 46 years i think yes yeah um, that's our first national carrier, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. The last one ju- was liquidated much later than that. But yes, that was our first national carrier, Nigeria Airways, mm-hmm. ran from 71, roughly, till mm-hmm. 2004. Mm-hmm. Technically, it mm-hmm. even was a, it was around earlier than 1971. Oh. Um, as um, It was first the British... The British had an airline called mm-hmm. the British Overseas Air Company. Mm-hmm. And that, when we got independence, we like... It, before independence, it mm-hmm. became the West African air company okay and then run by the british okay and then when we got independence we bought the west african like some of its assets mm-hmm. and we ran it as a waac until 71 and we named it nigeria airways mm-hmm. and then it ran as nigeria airways through ups and downs mm-hmm. mostly downs until 2004 when mm-hmm. the when the last one stopped running yes okay now since the news so so the reason why this uh, we're talking about this is i think it was uh, a few days ago wednesday um the minister for aviation announced to the chagring of uh, nigerian intellectuals is it chagrin what do they know or chagrin 
chagrin the french will say what chagrin yes chagrin yeah to um so everyone's everyone is divided really we have a lot of thought leaders who think this is a terrible terrible idea and we have uh some other thought leaders who think that uh those of you who think this is a terrible terrible idea should uh, sit down and swallow some optimism pill because are we god <laughs> national airline will work in jesus name amen so um now we're here so so far we know that the nigerian government uh has said that this carrier will not be run by the government uh they have said that um they will own a five percent share of uh, this venture mm -hmm. um but uh, we know that the government chose the name we know that uh, the government ordered the aircrafts we know that the government chose the people who branded it chose the launch date you know made all of those decisions we still don't know who the 95 percent are the 95 percent owners are um but we do know know that the government um somehow forgot to also like uh, take charge of the website yes the government um while announcing the name mm. of the airline to everybody mm -hmm. forgot you know branding 101 mm -hmm. which is that as you announce your name you mm -hmm. before you announce your name go and secure your domains mm -hmm. because once your name is out there the cyber squatters are going to come for you mm -hmm. yes and now yeah and so i guess i heard that the cyber squatters are asking for was it 48 million yes 48 million yeah and uh, it as it turns out well what they're doing is technically illegal it's illegal in nigeria yes to cyber squat mm -hmm. but it seems i hear that the squatters in question mm -hmm. are registered and they bought the um, domain in another country mm -hmm. so Nigerian law do not apply, apply yeah so let us see what happens but this is but you see that's the funny thing about when people say government should stay out of business mm -hmm. these are the reasons why mm. there is no businessman or business person mm -hmm. worth their salt mm. who would make such a rookie mistake mm. and usually these kinds of decisions mm -hmm. are left to the private partner mm -hmm. the people who are going to have almost 95 we don't know we still don't know well we they don't exist yet um huh that's the whole point like the government right now mm -hmm. um has floated the idea mm -hmm. of an airline mm -hmm. air nigeria mm -hmm. i'm sorry nigeria air mm -hmm. and the government has said that they will own five percent of the airline mm -hmm. that um the rest of it will be owned by the private partners but the private partners have not yet been selected so we're still looking for private partners yes we're still looking for private partners. and we've spent 1.5 billion with consultants uh, was it one for five million dollars? One point five. We spent one point five billion naira. We won't five billion on the consultant. We paid six firms. Yes. To advise on the establishment of the national carrier. You know, it's a privately owned national carrier, yes. but we're paying. The government is paying these firms. Yes, but that one point five billion naira. Yes, that part is normal. I, I'm not talking about the, 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 what they pay the firms. Mm. I'm not talking about the amount they pay. No, the I'm firms. saying like we're but, spending all of this money. Yes. Um. Like. Why are we the ones paying the firms? Because okay, that's what I'm, I'm trying to differentiate that there, there's two types of money, or there are two categories of money being spent right now. Mm -hmm. The first, this preliminary stuff for the consultants mm -hmm. to determine the feasibility of a national carrier, mm -hmm. to determine how it will work and mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. That the government has to bear because the government is the one who is who woke up one day and said we want to do a national carrier. Yeah, but why are we paying six firms when we have a whole entire ministry of aviation? Because. 
I, I understand the need for consultants. Yes, I need to consult them. Like, I mean, the, the truth of the matter is this. Mm. If the if the Ministry of Aviation, with mm-hmm. all its institutional history, mm-hmm. has managed to run one fairly good airline, Nigeria Airways, into the ground mm-hmm. and killed three more mm-hmm. and uh, couldn't get a new airline off the ground six other times... Mm-hmm. I don't think those are the experts we should be consulting on the feasibility of a national carrier. Okay. So I'm, I'm okay with the decision of going out to meet consultants for it. Hmm. Uh, but once the consultants have been met, you pay them and they tell you you know, if it's feasible. In this case, I guess the consultant said, consultant said yes, it's feasible. Mm-hmm. They tell you how to go about doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, they're the ones who came up with the idea of who, 5%, 95%, mm-hmm. and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. From that point on, mm-hmm. what the government was now meant to do was go and look for those private people, oh. go look for like the new partners, start the bidding process because partners will come mm-hmm. and different people who want to be partners will come mm-hmm. and those companies will bid mm-hmm. and eventually the due process will be followed takes mm-hmm. about half a year mm-hmm. and at the end of that one winning bid will be accepted mm-hmm. and there will be a marriage between the government and the partner giving birth to the airline mm-hmm. and then from that point on the partner as a technical partner the operational partner the ghost partner takes over no there will no longer be a ghost at that point oh. uh, we're mischaracterizing it right now and there's a lot of that on social media mm. there, there seems to be a misconception that the partner has already been selected and we just don't know who the partner is oh. but that's not accurate the partner hasn't been selected yet right now like um, according to business day um qatar airways and ethiopian airlines mm-hmm. are in the running mm-hmm. to be the partner mm-hmm. but they've not yet been the partner hasn't yet been selected it's going to take a six-month process oh. and in that six-month process we will now have a partner okay. now normally what normal human beings do is you wait for that partner to be selected before, before you, you do branding and unveiling on unveiling before you go to lease or buy airplanes on any other spending exactly. because all of that is the partner that's supposed to make that decision yeah what if the partner comes on board and they don't like this logo the partner who actually owns the major share yes oh. and you see there are a lot of things already that are problematic about this. but we're getting ahead of ourselves let's take let's take a step back okay. right before we talk about why this may or may not be a good idea before we talk about why this is doomed to fail or it's going to succeed see i see i, I see i did doom and sunshine so yes doomed to fail it's going to succeed but i prefer the other way it's doomed to fail and oh it's going to succeed <laughs> yeah because you know it's one of those things where if it fails it's a good thing if it succeeds it's going to be terrible why because no i mean like succeed in a we get it right way not succeed in a it takes off from the ground way no i mean like we get it right like, like for instance we, we talk about nigeria airways mm-hmm. and we say we got it right for a few decades mm-hmm. but in those decades we lost a lot of money no when i say get it right i mean get it right right like, well, I guess, like make but, money but like, I guess like, like you said mm-hmm. I guess like you said we're going to get ahead of this because we have to ask ourselves a question is it even possible to get it right yes is it even necessary is it even a good idea can it even be done like mm. is it something or are we like is this one of those things like oh like somebody like when I was a kid and mm. you try and chase the rainbow and get to the end of it mm-hmm. is it some, one of those things that oh it just actually can be done you just think it can be done mm-hmm. this might be one of those situations so let's go back to the beginning let's go back in Genesis chapter 1. And God created the air. Mm. And God said unto man, mm. Build ye an airline, mm. and it shall be a national carrier, mm-hmm. and let it fly to other countries mm. so that your country shall have accolades. And come closer to the world. Yes. Bring bring Nigeria, Nigeria closer to closer the world. To the world. Yeah. Like, where were we? Like, 
Like, I didn't know we were on the moon. Focus, focus, focus. Terrible tagline. <laughs> Terrible. What should it have been? We were having a conversation uh, with a, a group of friends and we were trying to come up with like uh, a, a tagline that could have been better. I said we could say something in pigeon because pigeon is something that we have in common nationally. Mm-hmm. And some other person said we could have used um, a proverb or something. Yeah, man, see, basically, we could have been anything. Anything if, but that. Anything. That, I think that was possibly the worst possible option for a tagline. And yeah. they somehow stumbled onto because, it. Because um, to start with, they did that with a firm that isn't based in Nigeria. A firm from Bahrain. Exactly. So, never so they, no connection. They can't relate I'm with the people and the culture. we talk about this thing. Sorry. Let's go back. Can we go back Let's, to the beginning when please. God said, let there be air? Here's the thing, folks. We have to ask ourselves a fundamental question. Mm-hmm. Is this something that we can do as people? And, you know, there's no shame in saying that, look, we just can't do this thing. Mm. You know, like, uh, England can't win the World Cup. It's not coming home. It's coming home. That's the wrong. Coming home. That's the wrong coming home. That's nah, Diddy. Nah. Oh. That's Diddy. And Diddy Which one is yours again? It's coming home. Oh, same thing. No, it's different accents. Same and thing. I was told that accents is important. There's always a correct and an incorrect. We're not going to have that conversation right now. Glad. <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. So, in the 70s, we had Nigeria Airways. Mm-hmm. And it was our national airline. That's right. 100% owned by the government. That's right. The government owned the whole airline. And the Ministry of Aviation ran the airline. It was basically a parastatal mm-hmm. under the Ministry of Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, of Aviation. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a decades-long train wreck. Mm-hmm. Or a decades-long plane crash, I guess I should say at this point. It was a terrible thing. In the sense that it, it gulped money. Mm-hmm. For most of the life of Nigeria Airways. That's Nigeria Airways itself. Yes. Because there was Air Nigeria, there was New Code, there yeah, was Air are, Nigeria those, again. Those are those are after. There was, that was um, Nigeria Global. There was I'm gonna really list all of them. Yeah. Let's just let's just agree that there were a whole lot of airlines. <laughs> okay. A whole lot of national carriers. Like most of them don't even bear. There was uh, Virgin Nigeria. Yes. A Nigerian eye. Nigeria won. There was Air Nigeria. I think a Nigeria I, Eagle. I, I can't wait for when we run out of names. A Nigeria so we, one. Maybe when we run out of names for the airlines, we'll stop trying to make them. Ubuntu Nigeria. That's not even a Nigerian word. I don't know what it is. Wazobia. <laughs> yeah, and the thief man will say what? The Okrika man will say what? Oh, we should put all of them there. Wazobia boo. Everything. Yeah, yeah. Because marginalization. Aren't you the one who's always crying marginalization, Mr. Okrika man? Not always. <laughs> back to Nigeria Air. Back to Nigeria Air. Airways. Airways. Yes, Nigeria Airways. Um, yeah, so it ran. Mm-hmm. It was it's the, it was our first national carrier and was the most stable one, mm-hmm. the longest one, mm-hmm. because basically government just kept pumping money into it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it didn't matter if you ran a profit or a loss. Mm-hmm. Government just kept putting money in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what government did with Paris Needles. Mm-hmm. And still does. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't matter if they're profitable or not. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter to the operation. Mm-hmm. But you think about all the money that went into that airline that could have gone into other things. Mm-hmm. And you realize that it was a problem. When you think about all the money that went into that parastatal mm-hmm. over all those years. And you realize that, that money could have gone into other places, you know, develop, for development. Going mm-hmm. to infrastructure, healthcare, electricity. All these problems that we're still battling. Mm-hmm. And you realize, no, instead, that money was being used to keep 
an, an, an unprofitable airline afloat, mm-hmm. then you realize that the national carrier maybe did more harm than good yeah. for those three, four decades. Yeah. And uh, and not just that, not just the, the, the sinkhole of money, then you, you, you think of how terrible the operations of Nigerian Airways were. Mm-hmm. We dealt with stuff like the boarding pass racket that was running for most of the lifespan of the airline. What does that mean, boarding pass racket? Oh, basically, oh yeah. For you young people who are used to like your electronic booking online and I all that stuff. I hate it when he does this. Yeah, back in my day, <laughs> we didn't have apps. You couldn't buy it on your, your Apple. Oh. You couldn't buy it on your Apple. You had to go down to the, to the like office of the, the travel agent okay, or the Uncle airline. Andy. Okay, uncle. And you'd go and you'd book. Oh, I want to travel from Potako to Lagos. You'd book you your ticket. You your phone and you book it. Well, none of we didn't even have phones. <laughs> You didn't have landlines. But anyway, you'd go and you'd buy your ticket mm-hmm. and they would give you your ticket and they'd give you a boarding pass mm-hmm. and they would tell you your, your seat number, 15B or mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. and you go home. And then the day of your flight, you go to the airport and you present your 15B and there are six of you with 15B. Whoa. Like, flights were routinely overbooked. And it turns into a whole thing and they're fighting you and then they tell you, okay, don't worry, we'll seat you, the other person who had 15B mm. and you will go on the next flight. And it was like always a thing. Mm. Like you were going to the airport not sure you would fly. Mm-hmm. And this happened a lot okay. with Nigeria Airways. And the only other airline where I ever encountered this, strangely enough, was Alipalia, the Italian flag carrier. Yeah, those guys were also like reckless with the with the with the boarding pass racket. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these are other things. Uh, at one point in Nigeria Airways, like in the early nineties, like ninety or ninety one, they tried to bring in computerized booking ah. on the um, routes from Lagos to London and Lagos to New York. Mm-hmm. And the airline guys, the staff who had been running the boarding pass racket, mm-hmm. burnt the computers. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> they burned the computers down. Like, after the first day, yeah. the first Friday, the first Friday where he it said, worked. no, 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 baby. No, 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 no. Ah, ah, now, when man walk away, go chop. Oh, <laughs> when they bring computer, computer, we know they chop money. It just, they spoil everybody's business. No, they burned down the computers. Okay. That's what, that was, that's what Nigerian Airways was, was like, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, eventually, um, Babangida, when he was head of state uh, in the early 90s, decided to try and privatize Nigeria Airways. Yeah, Nigeria, uh, Babangida did a lot of fun stuff. You should listen to our June 12th episode if you haven't. Yeah. We talk about him a lot. Yes. Babangida was, you know, he's he, he he's an interesting figure in Nigerian history. Hmm. I consider him one of those, um, you know, he knew the right things to do, mm-hmm. but was too um, corrupt and too obsessed with keeping his corrupt structure running mm. to follow through with them. Yeah. So he's, you see policy documents from Babangida saying, like, oh, that's very good. Oh, why didn't we do this? And he said, oh, because Babangida eventually reversed himself on this policy because of <laughs> like, that. Oh, yeah, corruption fought back. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes I wonder whether he had multiple personality disorder. You know, one, <laughs> I've been accused you know, of that. One, one of his personalities was a statesman, and the other one was a was murderous, a corrupt rogue. And like they fought. You know, he's still alive, right? He is. <laughs> the, the bad ones always are. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, but back to what you were saying. Yeah, so yeah, so eventually, um, so Nigeria Airways like ran into a lot of trouble, and eventually, uh, when democracy returned in 1999, mm-hmm. it was said that something had to be done. Yeah. So, like in the first year of democracy, mm-hmm. uh, 1999, uh, Obasanjo decided to 
again to privatize the airline. That's right. And he called upon Atiku, mm-hmm. the Atiku Abubakar, the vice president at the time, mm-hmm. was the head of um, the privatization commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was called upon to midwife the privatization. Mm-hmm. And we just talked about now how Nigeria is just currently brought on six consultants mm-hmm. and paid them like of a king's ransom. Yeah. We didn't need to do that because Atiku at the time mm-hmm. went to the World Bank which huh. is what responsible people do because the World Bank has experts on these type of things because huh. the World Bank has been pushing the agenda of privatization for the for last like, 30 time. years yeah. so they have a lot of privatization experts you know I think to me the idea of a national carrier is one of those ideas that maybe has had its day hmm. and it's one of those situations where maybe we are operating with we're looking at things through the lens of how things worked 30, 40 years ago which is not surprising considering our current president was president 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah, but Because here's the thing. Na- national carriers were very important back in the day. There were particular things that a national carrier did for you that, n- that you would be at a disadvantage over if you didn't have a national carrier because only a national carrier could do them for you. Oh. Yeah. Because like back in the day, well, look at it this way. Air travel was not always this easy thing. True. Because from a regula- regulatory point of view, mm. because every country controlled its own airspace. Mm-hmm. And the country was hoping to use its airspace to make money for its airlines. Mm-hmm. And the problem was you didn't want airlines from another country coming in and taking your business you know, flying your passengers and collecting airfare from your passengers and taking that airfare money and carrying it back to their country. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like protectionism developed around air travel. Uh So it's like, no, Air France, you can't bring your planes into England. Oh, British Airways, you can't bring your planes into France. Mm -hmm. So you see that that was the default setting. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, well, but after a while, like that becomes problematic because that just means, oh, you can do domestic flights and how do you do international flights? Mm. So what would happen is Britain and France will sit down, their governments will sit down and say, look, we need an agreement that allows British Airways to get into France and Air France to get into Britain. Okay. And they would call, the, they, we call those bilateral air travel agreements, mm. BATA, B-A-T-A. Huh. Yeah and or multilateral mata when it's more than two countries and what a bilateral trade agreement would say uh, air travel agreement rather would say was uh, okay british airways you get to fly into france four times a week air france gets to fly into france um, into britain four times a week mm. you can only land in heathrow or you can only land in charles de gaulle and um you can only pick up passengers whose final destination is Britain. If their final destination is Germany, no, you can't just, they can't just go through Britain in transit. Those ones have to come directly with Air France. So it was basically like negotiation between the two governments mm-hmm. as to how the airlines would work. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when those agreements were put in place, then it was, you needed a national carrier. You needed a plane, an airline because your airline is the one that would take advantage of that, of your trade deal mm-hmm. with I'm sorry, your travel arrangement with another country. And early in this, early in the, and this is all happening like right after World War II, Mm -hmm. like in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. And that early in the history of aviation, only governments had the money needed to, yeah, to fund an airline, to start an airline that could take advantage of these air travel agreements. So it became, so it was in the interest of governments to set up 
these like national carriers. Mm. So in Britain and France have done an air travel agreement. If Britain doesn't have a national carrier and France does, France is the only one that's going to be gaining from the agreement. Right. So it's it's in Britain's interest to quickly go float a, a national carrier. If there's nobody rich enough to do it, mm-hmm. then the government does it. And then that carrier starts running the routes and that revenue comes into the gov- government, government coffers. coffers yeah. Yes. And it's makes more sense when it's like a country like Britain or France, these countries that had colonial outposts, mm-hmm. because they will now have these agreements with their colonial um, countries, mm-hmm. uh, and with their colonies and ex-colonies, mm-hmm. and they would have, like, a ready market, because you have a lot of people, everybody from every British colony, you have you have them all wanting to go to Britain, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, for mm-hmm. study, for immigration, for work, mm-hmm. just for visits, mm-hmm. and because that's, a, that's the the most developed country that speaks the same language as you. That's right. So the same way, people from all over um, the French-speaking French, countries, yes, French-speaking colonies all over the world, you have a lot of people there going to, to, France. to France, mm-hmm. and immigrating to France, as we saw with the World Cup, and <laughs> all the, you know, the black faces on the French team. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, one, they have a, a ready market from all their colonies mm-hmm. for their airline. Mm-hmm. Two, they have an incentive to set up the airline because that allows them to take advantage of the trade agreements that they have. Mm. So for the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, it made sense. It made sense to have government-owned national carriers. Mm. But something happened to change all of that. And as usual, when something like happens that shakes the world post-World War II, it's usually one country behind it. <laughs> the Americans. The Americans were like, we don't like the whole idea of government involvement in pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. And the Americans decided to deregulate their own air, air spaces. Because you have to realize that when you have now a national carrier, things, a lot of things happen. Um, the national carrier has to be kept al- alive. So that it can take advantage of those routes yeah. that we talked about, those yeah. international routes. So what happens is government gives them subsidies. Then government also says, since it's a national carrier, it's a national utility. Mm-hmm. So the same way government subsidizes electricity bills and water bills, government has to subsidize air, flight, flight tickets. Flight tickets. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that go- government fixes, fixes the price. Mm-hmm. So government either fixes the price by subsidizing tickets on the national carrier Mm -hmm. which means other carriers in the country other private airlines Mm -hmm. either have to match those low prices Mm -hmm. or go out of business all government actually tells you legit nobody's allowed to charge more than this Mm -hmm. and then government says national carrier you are allowed to run these routes Mm -hmm. you guys you have to run these other routes Mm -hmm. and by the way we're going to come back to this later on but this is what kills a lot of the private airlines when there's a national carrier Mm -hmm. but nobody minded that in the 50s and 60s and 70s -hmm. because they felt the the advantages of having a national government outweighed, outweighed all those market costs yeah. yes so but the americans were like nah america never had a government-owned national carrier they had what we call flag carriers okay. um united airlines mm-hmm. and then um, pan am no sorry pan am and twa mm-hmm. were the first two so they were private airlines but the government was like okay for the purpose of our bilateral agreement with britain mm-hmm. where we are allowed like let's say 10 flights a week mm-hmm. into britain mm-hmm you guys get to run those flights right because you guys are technically 
our i'm doing air quotes for the for those of you who are not in here with me uh you guys are for the sake of this agreement you are the national carrier even mm-hmm. though you're really not the national carrier not mm-hmm. government owned but we will give you the right to fly into britain under the agreement yeah. so twa and panam were taking those but after a while government was like you know what we really shouldn't be involved in all this type of thing yeah. let the market work and let private people work so government in the u.s from 1978 deregulated the airline industry and what that meant was government removed its hands completely airlines could set whatever prices they like every airline could be on whatever route they liked they no longer stopped airlines from getting into the business mm-hmm. so it became a free-for-all and they were price wars it changed the entire american airline industry mm-hmm. but that's not really our our conversation why it's important was that it led to what we have today which is what we call the open skies mm-hmm. the americans started open skies and what Open Skies is, is it's a new way to do international travel without these bilateral trade agreements. agreements. Yeah. What Open Sky does is it still has bilateral agreements, but they no longer have these quotas. You no longer say, oh, you are entitled to five flights a week. Mm-hmm. I do four flights a week. It no longer has any of that. If you have an Open Sky agreement with the U.S., you can fly into the U.S. as many times as you want, as many times you're capable of flying. And the U.S. airlines can fly into your country as many times as they're capable of flying. Mm-hmm. And no prices are set mm-hmm. because under the old way, prices on those routes were also set. That's right. No more set prices. If you feel like you can charge a million dollars for a ticket, go ahead. If you feel you need to charge five bucks, go ahead. So it really opened things up. It deregulated. What you see, when you now have open skies, a national carrier that's owned by government is no longer so important because now it's no longer like four or five routes like you can anybody can fly there if they want to mm-hmm. so all of a sudden like in the developed world in the richer world mm-hmm. the national carriers started getting competition from other airlines That's right. um you have virgin atlantic giving british airways a run for a its run money, for their money yeah. yeah you know so you start to see that happening because you have open skies because it's no longer two three four flights a week that British Airways can monopolize. Mm-hmm. It's now as many so British so Virgin Atlantic can go and have its own negotiations with um, Frankfurt Airport with Charles de Gaulle mm-hmm. and fly in as many planes as it wants to. Mm-hmm. So, in the developed world, this started. It, it, it signaled the end of the era of the national, national carrier, and that's why, like you had, like in Britain in the eighties, Margaret Thatcher sold British Airways. Mm-hmm. So British Airways is no longer owned by Britain. It's no longer owned by the British government. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think. As it stands now, um, part of it is owned by Qatar Airlines, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, British Airways and Iberia of Spain mm-hmm. are both owned by the same holding company. Yeah, but um, it's interesting you mentioned Qatar Airways. Mm-hmm. Some people will tell you, oh, but there's Qatar Airways. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a national carrier, isn't it? Mm. Uh, there's a... Um, uh, you know, in political science... <laughs> You're about to say something silly, aren't you? No, very serious. In political science and economics, you have all these rules, these laws mm-hmm. by the great thinkers, Marx, Hobbes, Adam Smith. You know, you have all those laws. And, yes, um, yes uh, I have the Andy, Andy's law mm-hmm. of um, petroleum economies and, po- and pol- policy in petroleum economies. Mm-hmm. And the law is simple. The Arabs are not your mates. <laughs> I told you I was about to say something silly. The Arabs are not your mates. Also, because you see Qatar Airways doing something. <laughs> you 
Qatar is doing something. You feel you can do it. Qatar is hosting the World Cup next time in stadiums that are fully air conditioned, fully air conditioned stadiums, and you have the guts. You don't even have lights. You don't even have lights. They are carrying luggage from baggage claim in a wheelbarrow Excuse in Port Harcourt Airport, and you have the guts, the inveterate gall to compare yourself to Qatar. How utterly shocking! Hang your head in shame. <laughs> Have some decency. <laughs> yeah, so that's the um that's my law. Mm. Qatar is not our mates. Yeah. And so just because Qatar is able to do it efficiently mm-hmm. does not mean that we, Nigeria, the poster child for any way now way, are going to be able to get this <laughs> thing done. No, we we can't do it. Like we we've not been able to do any other thing that Qatar has done. Mm. We've not been able to transform ourselves from like you know a backwater to a first world country mm-hmm. in the space of two decades like mm-hmm. Qatar has mm-hmm. done. So why do we think that we can run a government-owned airline efficiently like that like Qatar has done? So we've tried to do it since we've been trying to do this since uh, 1958, and we have failed. Why since have 1958. we been unable to get it right? Well, the first thing is um, corruption and mismanagement which are the bane of everything that government has ever touched in Nigeria. Mm. Government, the, the Nigerian political political culture mm-hmm. and public culture mm-hmm. is quite corrupt True. because there are no, there's no accountability. Mm. And so each time, like for the duration, Nigeria Airways lasted from 1958 mm-hmm. when it was still WAC Airlines, WAC Airlines, mm-hmm. uh, the name changed was in 71. Mm-hmm. We lasted from 58 to 2003. Mm-hmm. And in most of that time, you had the Minister of Aviation, or some permanent secretary, or mm-hmm. whoever, or the CEO, or the MD of the company, mm. basically... Flossing. Yes. You, yeah, I think that's what you call it. Yes, I, yes, they did indulge in the floss. <laughs> they, did. they were basically using that airline as like their own fleet of private jets. Well, it was, though. Yeah, it was, because that was it. Exactly. In Nigeria, everybody, exactly. wherever you work, is your own personal fiefdom, and mm-hmm. that's what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And the company ran loss after loss after loss and government was subsidizing those losses just paying money for the airline to keep running which is why a lot of thought leaders um, one of them uh, former um, minister for education mm-hmm. continues to pray may it not fly yes and <laughs> in jesus name amen amen <laughs> Father in heaven, I oh. come against all oh spirits of the air. Can we not? That hey. want to. No. 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 Okay. What about the call to the ancestors? No. Okay. But yeah, but here's the thing. Mm. Um, proponents of Nigeria Air mm-hmm. and the current, you know, push for a national carrier. Mm-hmm. We said, but oh no, 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 no. We've we've overcome that problem. Yes, we have. I mean, back in the day. Um, I think it was you who talked about um, um, the the tickets. Yes, the what's uh, it called? Racket. Oh, yes, the um, boarding pass racket. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, but they will tell you that all those things can't happen anymore. Yes, it can't happen anymore. That's what I was, what I was going to say because you know we have internet now and mobile phones. Yes, and um, they will also tell you that it's privately owned this time. That the government is only going to have five percent. Well, that's what the, it's not. They will. Government said they have five percent. They're Fine. trying to. They're trying to. Um, figure out who will own the other 95 Yes, it's, it's a bidding process that's yeah. going to start now. Mm-hmm. And that's fine mm-hmm. on paper. But when you look at what's already happening, mm-hmm. because so far, um, the other day, mm-hmm. the as the airline was being announced, even before the airline was formally announced, mm-hmm. the Minister of Aviation was already telling us that um, 
the airline is already expecting delivery of five planes. Yeah, by December. Yes. No, we're supposed to be in, on the in. Um, so we're supposed to be flying by December. Yes, and mm. then before then, of course, we we'll expect these planes to come in. Also expects uh, how many? Uh, also expects to make profit um, in in the first three years, and expects to be carrying over four million passengers and have a fleet of thirty modern, narrow, and wide body aircrafts in the next five years. But you see, the the problem with all that is. That all sounds well and good, mm-hmm. but these are all estimates that only the technical operator should have the capacity to to give us. Mm-hmm. And yes, and if we are, yeah, only the only the the technical operator should have the capacity to give us this mm-hmm. the this information. Mm-hmm. If the government already has this information, mm-hmm. then that means the government is playing the role of the technical partner. So we already have one of the major problems we've had in the past, which is that government is interfering in the running of the airline. The airline is not even off the ground yet. Mm. And they're already telling us how it's going to run. Yes, because here's what we're saying. We're saying that government has been running airline after airline into the ground. Mm. So government is not good enough at business to run an airline. So we're going to bring in people who know the airline business. So if you, the government, are not good at business, how do you know enough to tell us when the airline will be profitable? (laughs) Isn't that the business matter will come and tell you that? Maybe that's what the consultants who we paid 1.5 billion naira told them. The consultants, that is not the job of the consultants, really. That's that's a business situation because that's that's what should be in the brief. They paid six firms. Maybe one of the firms that was paid you know it's it's um it's a brief was the business brief but that's in itself is an overstep it's the technical partner that will even that's call supposed that, to do all, that, of that stuff. all of that stuff mm. and then also when you have the government ordering planes <laughs> that's spending money mm-hmm. you know then that's now what if now after they've ordered these planes the technical partner comes in and says, no, we don't like the planes. These are not the planes we need. Mm-hmm. These planes suck. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Government is telling us, oh, they're going to have so, a fleet of so many planes. And what if the technical partner comes in and says, no. We just need five. We just need, we need fewer or we need more. Mm-hmm. And we don't need the, these routes that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. We need, this is, this is the direction this airline should take. Which is uh, something I heard happen between uh, Richard Branson and uh, the government at the time when it was Virgin Nigeria. Oh yes, they had clashes over that. Yes. They had clashes over that. They even had clashes over operational issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they promised him in the contract, they promised Virgin, that Virgin Nigeria would fly all its flights, both local and international mm-hmm. through the international wing at Murtala Muhammad Airport. Mm-hmm. Well when operation started, they now try to move their domestic flights to the domestic wing. Okay, so we know that corruption and mismanagement is obviously problem number one. And government interference. Government interference problem number two. You know when you talked about government interference, I, I was thinking about the reason that the Port Harcourt I keep coming back to it, but yes indeed. I, I the Port Harcourt International Airport is an embarrassment. Yes it is. And the reason it's the way it is is government interference. Yes, because government used the Port Harcourt Airport as a political football, mm. both administrations. So imagine that with this new airline um maybe the present administration finds out that maybe a pdp member 
uh, PDP's the opposition party at the moment, mm -hmm. People's Democratic Party, mm -hmm. uh, has some tie or whatsoever to the investors who they're waiting on to bring the rest of the money for this particular airline. Just like OBJ did when he did with when he worked with Atiku back in 2000 and what, what was that? In 2000, mm -hmm. when he decided that the um, about to be launched private privatization of Nigeria Airways wouldn't, shouldn't go forward anymore because mm -hmm. he heard that his vice president was behind the groups that wanted to come and buy the airline. So imagine that somebody else is behind the groups that want to come and yeah, or, be the night He's alleged to be. Yeah. And because of that, yeah, the govern the the president or mm -hmm. whoever mm -hmm. just decides to end the whole the whole thing. And I mean, it's it's easy to say no, the Buhari government is different, but we have the minister for transportation right now, who is uh, yeah. yes, that's um, Roti Miyamichi, the former governor of River State, who has basically allowed the Portakot Airport to remain the eyesore that it is mm -hmm. because he's at war with the governor of River State. A situation that um, affected him when he was governor of the yes, state. because the the the, the work. The reason Portakot Airport is the way it is now is that it was undergoing renovation under the last administration. Mm. And then Portakot, of course, is in River State. And then the governor at the time, the current Minister of Aviation was the governor at the time, mm. he got into an argument. Is or, it Minister of Aviation? I'm sorry, Minister of Transport, sorry. Mm. He got into an argument or, you know, a political battle with the president. But is it his um, forte? Taking care of the airport is that his forte? Well, he's like he's basically the senior minister, and aviation is technically under on transport, transportation. But it's yeah. a minister of state for aviation. Uh, so yes, yeah. So yes, it is his business. Yes, it is his business. Mm. So yes, Portugal International Airport is the way it is, where people are your luggage is brought from brought to baggage claim on a wheelbarrow. <laughs> it's this way because first of all. Under the previous administration, the president of Nigeria, good luck Ebele Jonathan, had a, 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 a tiff, a tiff, a, a quarrel, a political quarrel with the governor of the state, Rutimi Amici, mm -hmm. and because of that, work on the airport was suspended. Yeah. Now we've come to the new administration, and now Rutimi Amici, the one minister who of transport. he's now the minister of transport, and he is unlooking the airport because he has a war with the current governor, Nyeson Wike. So we see how pettiness, personal pettiness of those in power mm -hmm. oftentimes affects all things in Nigeria. Yeah. But the aviation industry is a, is a particular example. So yeah, so Nuko died a death. And instead of floating Nuko, they basically, the Abbasanjo government basically just shut down Nigeria Airways. Mm. Yes. So are we saying that since 1958, this has been an issue that has reoccurred again and again always so with nigerian airways one of the reasons why it did it couldn't work was that we had we had government interference constantly mm -hmm. we had mismanagement mm -hmm. constantly which probably led to inefficiency gross inefficiency mm. across the board mm. and the airline was insolvent it kept owing money to different people mm. they kept seizing our planes our planes would land in the country mm -hmm. and they would allow the plane to fly out again because they're owing money mm. and they all want you pay us our money we won't lose your plane mm. and that kept happening so how did we um so when it, when it was nigerian airways mm -hmm. was it owned completely by the Nigerian government? One hundred percent by the Nigerian government. Okay. And after so when Nigerian Airways was failing, mm -hmm. it became clear that that's not the way forward. Okay. So the way forward is private ownership. Even if government wants to be there, the government own a little bit of the company. So we learned. Yes, we've learned. But we did not learn enough. Because 
even as we did that, like for instance, the World Bank suggested that in 1999 mm-hmm. for the the one that didn't work, the one that we call Newco, mm-hmm. the new airline that didn't work. Mm-hmm. They suggested that, like m- minority ownership by government, majority by technical partner, mm-hmm. and that. But they suggested other things as well. They said government should not put money into the airline. Huh. That that the money that government would put into the airline would be better served in the aviation industry in general mm-hmm. and in the economy in general mm-hmm. like other things but what are we seeing this time around we have nigeria's minister of state for aviation calling all kinds of all kinds of amounts of money yes that will need to go into that this the the government's initial contribution is mm. going to be anything from 150 to 300 million, million US dollars, dollars yeah over the course of the first few years yeah. now that's money that obviously could go to other 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 things mm-hmm. and if the world bank has already told us that in starting up this your new airline mm-hmm. government should not put in money mm-hmm. then why are we doing that and why are we doing that putting in like up to 300 million dollars that we do not have for five percent of a company hmm. because that would mean that that company was worth 60 billion dollars that is, if we are bringing in three hundred million to get five percent, mm-hmm. the people who are bringing ninety five percent are they going to be bringing in a, a few billion? Shouldn't that be the case? Isn't mm-hmm. that how equity works? Mm-hmm. But maybe they're going to be bringing in a lot more billions. Obviously, yes, we're saying that Qatar and Ethiopian Airlines mm-hmm. are going to bring like four or five billion. How does it feel to know that Ethiopian Airlines is one of the bidders for this thing, Ethiopia? Well, that's a testament to the fact that we are not the giant of Africa that we claim to be. It, 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 it is it's a source of pain and I wouldn't even say embarrassment to me because <laughs> we've been at this thing for a long time. Nigeria Airways could have been everything Ethiopia, Ethiopian Airlines is today. Okay, so there's Ethiopia Air, right? Yeah, Ethiopian Airlines. E- Ethiopian Airlines. Yes. It's government owned. Yes, it is government owned. They're working. So you naysayers that are saying that we can't work... Ethiopia is not your mate. How? Because track they don't record, have oil. See, Ethiopian Airlines. We have oil. Ethiopian Airlines and Nigeria Airways were operating at the same time. Hmm. One, both of them run by governments. One collapsed and one is still around. Hmm. So how dare we say <laughs> that? Oh, why? Why? Why do you doubt we can do it when Ethiopia do it? Because we couldn't do it at the time Ethiopia was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk about some of the things that happen when countries like Nigeria say, you know what, we're going to ignore the US and the UK who said this is a bad idea and we're going to go the way of South Africa that says this is a good idea. So with South Africa, you find that they're losing money, obviously. Mm-hmm. You also find that they've had to cut down their feet. And some people continue to say that this is probably going to cost us um as far as private businesses are concerned yeah it probably will cost uh, cost us in terms of private business because okay check this out if you see the in the uh in the literature mm-hmm. about this um new national carrier you know because the federal government had to like request an approval mm-hmm. for this from the icrc uh, our, our body that's in charge of concessioning and they talk about how the, the federal government will own 5%. Um, and 95% owns by the private people who are supposed to bring all the money. But that early on, the federal government is going to bring this large sum of money and it's termed, in, in, the, in the documentation, it's termed viability gap funding. 
And that set alarm bells rolling in yeah, my head. Yeah, you said that and I'm like, huh? Because basically, first of all, when we talk about normally in finance, mm-hmm. talk about viability gap funding, mm-hmm. it's usually in terms of infrastructure. Yeah. What viability gap funding is, if you break it down, is that there's a gap in viability which has to be funded. Mm-hmm. Well, basically... <laughs> Did he just... <laughs> yes. Because basically, viability meaning that something is not profitable. That's right. Yes. So there's a viability gap. That's there's a lack of an ability for money to be made in this thing. Mm-hmm. But it's a necessary thing. So government now puts money into it. To start with, this is not even a necessary thing. But go on. Exactly, exactly. So you see, normally you see it in infrastructure, things like railway and um, you know, you know, roads. And you say, okay, you know what? Airports that don't use wheelbarrows. Exactly. These things are not going to be profitable right away for a business to put money into. But we need them. And down the line, they will be profitable generally for the economy. So we mm-hmm. put money into it. But now to look at an airline in that context, when you have other airlines that are already running who did not get viability gap funding and are running... So you're saying that the airline business in Nigeria is not very viable. Mm-hmm. So Dana and Arik and Airpeace are fighting it out. These mm-hmm. are Nigerian airlines for our foreign listeners. Mm-hmm. They're fighting it out and trying their best to you know, be profitable and struggling at the mercy of the markets and they are running into financial problems. Mm-hmm. And then now this new airline comes in and you give them this viability gap mm-hmm. funding allowing them to come in and compete with these already established airlines Mm -hmm. with an unfair advantage because the technical partner comes in, they don't have to spend their money. They're using the 200 million US dollars of Nigerian viability gap funding money (laughs) to compete against Arik and Dana and Airpeace, keep their prices low, whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. And they're going to run these Nigerian companies out of business. Like, that's what usually happens when a national carrier is funded like that. And you ask yourself, okay, that's the cost. What's the benefits? Like, what do we gain by that? And we're saying we're going to gain a few, like, trips per week to JFK and Charles de Gaulle and Heathrow and... And maybe travel in the region as well. And travel in the region as well. But here's the thing, and this is where it ties into what we were talking about earlier on with open skies. Hmm. If the trend in the airline industry is towards no limits on how many flights you can put in, Hmm. then that means like the more airlines you have Hmm. that can fly abroad, the Hmm. better for you as a country, Hmm. then does it make sense to put all this money and government support into one airline that will kill your other three airlines? One new airline. One new airline that will kill your three existing airlines. Mm-hmm. Or is it not better to put that money, that $200 million, mm-hmm. into um, institutional and infrastructural development for the aviation industry as a whole mm-hmm. that will make a create a better operating environment for the airlines you already have mm-hmm. so that all of them can be sending flights out of the country? And it also makes you wonder, I mean... Um, Will it even make much of a difference? I, I think it was you who was sharing some data with me about seat kilometers. Yes. You know? Yeah, because right you know, that's how the airline industry apparently measures like the amount of the, the amount of the volume of passengers on a particular route. Mm-hmm. They multiply the number the, the number of passengers who traveled on that route over a, throughout the year mm-hmm. by the distance in kilometers. Mm-hmm. And that's called the um, available excuse me, the available seat kilometers mm-hmm. on that route. Mm-hmm. And when you take all the routes in a particular country, 
and then you take all the countries in a region mm -hmm. that gives you the seat, available seat kilometers in that region in the year uh. and in um in in europe and in europe and in asia and in america we're in the 50 in in like we're talking about 50 50 billion mm -hmm. 40 billion um available seat kilometers 12 billion, 12 billion in the middle east mm -hmm. and then in africa in the whole of africa together it's 5 billion yeah. And so we don't really have the volume mm. for all of that. And well, so but open skies and like li the gradual liberalization of airways is, is going to, is what's going to come. It's mm. coming. And when it comes, if all you have is one airline standing because mm -hmm. your government stepped in and gave it viability gap funding, mm -hmm. you will not be able to compete with everyone else. My goodness. So in 1971, mm -hmm. Nigerian Airways was 100% government owned. Yes, 100% government owned. And then we mismanaged it. Yes. And then came, what was the next one? Uh, well, we had a couple of abortive attempts, mm -hmm. but after them, the next one that really came up was Virgin Nigeria. Virgin Nigeria. Yes, which and actually flew. what happened with that? Yeah, Virgin Nigeria, we learned our lesson. We said it's not going to be fully government owned. Um, um, I think government owned, it was a 60-40 split mm -hmm. between government and Virgin Atlantic, mm -hmm. the private British airline. Mm -hmm. And, well, there were issues. There were complaints. You've, you've mentioned we've, those we've, issues. We've, we've talked about those issues. Mm -hmm. And so eventually, the private partner, Virgin Atlantic, pulled mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Then Nigeria sold it, the other stake in, in, in to private Nigerian private businessmen. Mm -hmm. And it became Air Nigeria. Mm -hmm. And Air Nigeria operated for a while. And there were issues again with mismanagement, corruption, and inefficiency, mm -hmm. and unpaid salaries. Mm -hmm. And gradually, um, the airline basically folded. Went out of business. How many percent did we own at that the time? We owned, I think, about 40%. Okay. In, in Have we, did our percentage, did our ownership percentage continue to decrease? No, it stayed at that. It stayed at that. Yes. All the way up until the Ni last Nigerian the, the, Eagle. Nigerian Eagle. Or Nigeria same. 1. No, Nigerian Eagle. Nigerian 1 never flew. Oh. Nigerian Eagle flew. The ones that flew were Nigeria Airways, Virgin Nigeria, Air Nigeria, Air Nigeria and Nigerian Eagle. Those okay. were the four carriers that actually flew. And we maintained our 40%. Yes, after Nigeria Airways, all the subsequent ones, we kept at 40%. Okay, so we've learned. This time we've we're saying... one thing. We've said, no, but you see, we've said this time it's 5%. Yeah. But... That's a good thing. The amount of capital we've brought in is way more than that 5%. Hmm. So we're, all we've done don't, is... Don't forget that we're not seeing the big picture. The government isn't being very transparent so far. So, um, you know, maybe maybe there are other expenses that we're not taking into account. Maybe maybe there are there are other purchases. May, I don't know. No, it, no you, you just have to look at the numbers involved. There's no way that $200 million mm -hmm. accounts for 5% of the capital of an airline. Hmm. There's no way. Like, mm. how many airlines are worth more than a couple billion? Mm. So, if government is bringing in like $200 million for this airline, mm -hmm. and it's only getting 5%, mm -hmm. government is bringing in way more equity than its 5% should should should, 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 should sell for. for. Mm. Yeah. There's no going around. There's no, there's no like, oh, we're not seeing the whole picture. We're seeing the picture here. Mm. This is government telling us this. <laughs> you know, and there's no way Qatar or Ethiopia are going to bring in enough money to match that mm. so basically what's going to happen is government is funding this airline so that 
a private entity can come and take this airline without having to put an that much money into it so the the so government is bearing the risk hmm. of where the, if this airline costs which leads me to believe that nobody wants to touch the Nigerian national carrier thing with a 10-foot pole. Because, I mean, they see what we've just outlined. Yes, and they don't want to. And so the Nigerian government is saying, please, come. We will pay for everything. Just come. Just come and say Does this have anything to do with the fact that Nigeria has... Um, uh, the, the fact that Nigeria has uh, elections coming up in a few months. Oh, of course, because this was a campaign promise. Yeah. So it only, if all of a sudden, when you have a, um, elections coming up and you see people scrambling to fulfill their campaign promises and cutting corners to do so, mm. you know that it's the election, it's the politics of it that's more important, not the not the efficiency of it. This is where the opposition also should bear some responsibility for this problem we're in right now. <laughs> Because those of us were saying, oh, the airline, a lot of people who are saying today the national carrier is a bad idea mm -hmm. were also among those who were trolling the government about it for the last two years. Where are our carrier? Where is the national carrier? I think we said that when you come, you'll bring national carrier. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, yeah, I see. It's now they have brought it and people are shouting, no, no, no. But you see, that's it. Because like, that was irresponsible opposition. Mm. It was a bad idea. Mm. They campaigned on it and won on it, but it was a bad idea. Mm. Don't start trolling them. I saw Don't an article, um, I think it was this morning, where the PDP was saying, you guys not deceive nigerians with a national carrier actually you can you can deceive nigerians <laughs> with almost anything like nigerians are very easy people to deceive um i every nigerian who's listening to this podcast right now please forgive andy he, no don't forgive me don't forgive me get angry get angry look look um buhari is your president mm -hmm. Your governor is probably not much better than him, yeah. whoever your governor is. I don't know what state you're listening to. Right. The fact that these people are ruling you is because you're Why do people say rule? No, because they're not leading. Let's not... When we, If a man is a criminal, mm -hmm. if it's a thief, call him a thief. Don't call him a strategic borrower. <laughs> you know? Like, what? You know? He, he's a thief. What? Strategic borrower. Yeah, it's a what? strategic borrowing. <laughs> okay. They've, they've not earned the right to be called leaders. But... <laughs> Let me wind down my rant. We're seeing them like, okay, they're, they're saying that the airline is going to be operational. It's going to be operational by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But if they were to follow the due process, having started in June and or July, six months, there is no way That's we'll right. have the partner in place by then. That's right. Then usually after the partner is in place, it takes a couple of months for the partner mm -hmm. to like have all, everything set up. Mm -hmm. The partner comes in, they, they start to hire equipment, they look at um, you know facilities, mm -hmm. they upgrade the facilities to their standards, they start hiring, mm -hmm. they start hiring um, staff and training staff. It takes a while, it takes a few months before it's off the ground. I watched, I witnessed this happen mm -hmm. when I was growing up in East Africa. Mm -hmm. um, Alliance Air, Alliance Air mm -hmm. um, was a conglomerate of various East and Southern African airlines mm -hmm. in partnership with South African Air. Mm -hmm. And I watched Alliance like come to life. And, you know, it took time. It You know, from the time that the merger was announced till the time that the thing was operational mm -hmm. because of all these operational issues and setting up issues mm -hmm. so if they're if we're going by the schedule given mm -hmm. this airline would not be ready to, to fly to fly by december it should not even be ready to fly in the first quarter of next year hmm. but yeah they're saying it's going to fly and in order to make sure it flies they're going around the place doing ad hoc things like hiring planes from you know they're leasing planes mm -hmm. and thought, oh the first five planes are going to land by then mm -hmm. so all of a sudden in order to meet up with a political promise, promise yeah. 
the government is violating the agreements that it has created by itself mm. for itself and the technical partner mm-hmm. before a technical partner has even been chosen. The government is already breaking its word before it has found the person it's giving its word to. Mm-hmm. It's already taking on operational things mm-hmm. and it said it's gonna it's right there in the in the document that mm-hmm. government will not involve itself in operational issues mm-hmm. operational issues include hiring and leasing planes choosing buying planes name, choosing the name choosing, choosing the, the branding <laughs> this these are all operational issues and it's only being done for campaign purposes so let me ask you a question sandra if this is already happening now if government has already shown itself even before the airline is off the ground that it is willing to meddle mm-hmm. and interfere for the sake of a campaign promise, mm-hmm. doesn't that tell us that when the airline is operational, mm-hmm. government will keep interfering when it is politically necessary to do so? <coughs> That's right. You know, um, when the, when Amcon took over mm. um, Arik last yeah. year, mm. everybody thought that Arik was going to become. Um, so Amcon is another regulatory body in Nigeria. Yes, the asset management company of Nigeria. Yes, yeah, so Eric was in a lot of trouble, couldn't pay their debts and mm. all of that stuff, and Amcon had to take over. So when they took over in 2017, that happened in 2017, or was yeah. it early this year? Yeah, 2017. 2017. Um, when they took over, everybody assumed that Eric was going to become the national carrier. There was mm. a lot of talk about Eric becoming the national carrier, even though there was a lot of objection as well, because some people were like, oh, you're so owing pensions for Nigeria Airways, you, about 78 million, I think. Yes. You're still owing money, so you should go and pay all of that stuff. People still figured, okay, I mean, at least you're not buying new new planes, you're not starting a whole new operation, you're using something that's on ground already. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, if the Nigerian government had done that, do you think we, we maybe could have had more faith in the future of a national carrier if they had used an existing airline you know and said you know what fly the national colors do you think would we would have more faith do you think we'd be more positive about the outcome because i keep wondering like everyone keeps saying everyone on social media especially on twitter especially where there's such a divide oh why are you wishing your country bad luck and you know all of that back and forth and back and forth i'm wondering so for those of you who are pessimists I'm one of those people. What is it that the government should have done? What could they be doing? What 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 would they do to help us have a little more faith to show us that this time it will be different? Because so far, all of the things we've gone through, we, all of the um, um, signposts that we've passed, we we see that they're making the same mistakes that they made in the past, so they haven't really learned anything. Right. You know. So like going forward what would they do what could they do what should they do so that we would be like okay you know what maybe there is a chance that this could actually work out even though it didn't work in the US even though it didn't work in the UK what they should do what they need to do Mm -hmm. to give us confidence going forward Mm -hmm. is to end this charade Ah, ah. (laughs) uncle what is it (laughs) because when we, we, like you said, like to give us confidence that this can work out, mm-hmm. what does working out mean in this mean, context? Mean we become Ethiopian air. That ship has sailed. We become Kenya air. That ship has sailed. We become Qatar air, even though we're not their mates. <laughs> or they're not our mates. What, what, what we're not realizing is that that ship has sailed, you know, from from the point of view of if we, we, if we had been if we did the right things 10, 20 years ago... Then perhaps. Then but hey, the best time to plant a tree is 
10 years ago. The second best time is right now. And the worst time to plant a tree is right before, like, um, the lumberjacks say they're going to knock down every tree in the forest, <laughs> which is what's about to happen. National carriers are in trouble generally in the world. Hmm. National carriers, there's, there's, um, there was a report by the International Air Travel Agency, talk, uh, Air Travel Authority, talking about how um, national carriers in Africa have gulped, I can't remember how many billion dollars mm. in, in in government aid mm. and government bailout mm. because national carriers are generally not profitable. The airline industry in general it's has not, not been very, very profitable. profitable. Yeah. And when you now have national pride on the line, mm-hmm. running an airline, you have more of a tendency to try and bail it out with money. That's right. And then when you have an, a generally unprofitable business, mm-hmm. Everything depends on how efficient you are. And Nigerians are not the most efficient Africans. Mm. In fact, Nigerians are probably the least efficient Africans. <laughs> so, a national carrier can work for Ethiopians. It can work for the Rwandese. It can work for the Ivorians, maybe. You know, people who are, like, generally better suited to... Even discipline. Ghanaians. I don't know that country. Ghanaians. <laughs> I'm not familiar with that country. But, um, Ghanaians are more disciplined than we are. Countries that have more discipline in general and a, 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 a more disciplined corporate culture mm-hmm. might be able to get away with a bad idea of a national, nationally owned airline. Mm-hmm. But a country as wawawa as Nigeria <laughs> has no business dabbling in such an expensive venture. But I jest, but in truth, what government really needs to do mm-hmm. if they're serious about this, because to me, the only the only argument in favor of a national airline mm-hmm. is for, uh, for a national carrier is for the country to get more of a share of the international uh, aviation market. Mm. And if government, and that's a worthy goal because anything that boosts our economy. Mm. So what if government is serious about that, it needs to understand that a national carrier is the least efficient way to do that now. Mm. It used to be the most efficient way when other, other private people couldn't open airlines. Mm-hmm. But now we have airlines. Mm-hmm. Everybody's opening airlines. What government needs to do is one provide provide a better environment for our private airlines to operate. But how about international airports? Thank you. Yes, expand the airports because all the airports are government owned right now. Mm-hmm. This two hundred million to three hundred million dollars. Oh my god! Imagine what you do for our airports. airports. Though. Yeah. Imagine what you do. Put extra runways in airports. But how about international airports? Put extra g- wings and gates mm-hmm. in the airports mm-hmm. so that there's a larger capacity for for flights. Mm-hmm. Um, generally work on the economy in general mm-hmm. so that more people can fly yeah. and so there's a there's a more of a demand um, you know do these things take a leadership role instead of pulling out of the African free trade mm-hmm. um, agreement get back in it get back in it um, you're the big brother of West Africa improve West African travel, um, travel regulations open the skies of West Africa so that our airlines can get into all these West African countries mm. and start dominating. Imagine if Dana and, um, let's say, like Dana Airpiece, all these are airlines, let's say even they had like a couple of flights to Paris <coughs> and to London. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they don't have that many flights going there. Mm-hmm. But then they had a lot of flights coming from other West African countries. That's right. So they could gather people from all those places and fly them to Europe. Mm-hmm. Imagine the revenue that would come to these our airlines from that. Mm-hmm. And then they can grow from there little by little mm-hmm. until they 
in a position to like challenge and you know fly to Sydney and fly to Dubai. All these other places, yeah. yes. You know, but that becomes possible if the government invests in opening up roads for our airline in the, for, for our aviation industry or airlines mm. and you know so that they can have access to credit and all these other things that keep airlines moving mm-hmm. that's a better use because at the end of the day the money you would have used to open one more non-viable airline mm-hmm. would have been used to strengthen three or four already existing airlines so I think this is where we wrap up this episode of our podcast, How Nigeria Works. But doesn't. And we hope you enjoyed and you learned a little something. So when you're arguing with everybody else who's saying, oh, have a little faith or have a little more faith, you have a little something to add to that conversation and let them know that these are the reasons why this is a bad idea. This is the reason why Nigerian national carriers don't work. My name is Sandra. I'm Andy. I don't think we even said our names when we started this episode. They know who we are. <laughs> Please follow our podcast on Twitter, uh, How Nigeria Works. But doesn't. And that way you get to um, keep up with what we're doing, find out when we have new episodes out. You can follow us on our private social media as well. S as a Kostali is my handle. Android O is his handle where he's harassing people all the time. Kudos with that thing you did with Orlando. Well, you know, they. My, I'm happy they responded to me. Mm, Yes, of course. Until our next episode. Bye-bye. Bye.